Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome. I am Richard the Razor Ewing. And if you got your eyes glued to this screen right now, then you are in the game face zone and you got your game face on. And I have the wise of the wise with me, my co-host, Matt the Wise Wiseman. There's no one wiser than him. So we're going to get started. But Matt, before we get started, you know me, I got the questions. So if you're trying to figure out how to find the best way to get the dog hair off your floor, then you are on the wrong podcast. And if you're trying to figure out how to get the upgrade on your iPhone, 5G iPhone, you're on the wrong podcast. But if you're trying to get insight into Bay Area sports in the San Francisco Bay Area, you just put your game face on. And if you're trying to get insight into sports on a national level, once again, you got your game face on. As I said before, I am Richard DeRazioni. We have my co-host, Matt Demise Wiseman. Matt, what do we got? Warriors lost a tough one. Uh, not a pretty one last night to the Lakers. Uh, J.J. Watt found a landing spot. And uh, Sharks lost a, uh, another one to the Blues. And, uh, hey, in the Bay Area, youth sports is getting ready to start up. Uh, Little League's uh, right around the corner. So I'm stoked. Yeah, you are stoked because you, you coach, right? I do. I coach uh, my son's Little League team. So uh, we're ready to go. He's ready. He's more than ready. Okay, all right. Well, if they open this up, I may have to, I don't know, grab me a hot dog, man, and go out there and watch those little guys, man. That, that sounds like that might be in the school. So, Socially distanced, of course. But, yeah, come on. Let's do it. Yeah, man, let's shoot, you know. Okay, so let, let's start right into this Warriors game because this was just absolutely pitiful to watch. I mean, I, I and, and the thing that really just stuck down underneath my skin today was I heard an interview with Steve Kerr, and he said that he that that they were not really prepared for what happened, and I thought to myself, okay, look, you know what. What is going on with this with this statement? Okay, this this to me makes no sense whatsoever. Okay, first of all, I love Steve Kerr. I think he's a great coach. I think the fact that the Warriors got him to coach is excellent. And he's done so far, he's done a superb job. Now, yes, he had, you know, a couple three or four R stars, and I get that, but still, he's done a pretty genuine job. But when he makes a statement, my skin just crawled. I was like, Are you kidding me right now? It's like, wait a minute, you're Steve Kerr, you're the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. You tell me that you weren't prepared for the Lakers. Let's take a good look at that for a moment. We're talking about the Warriors versus the Lakers. Hmm. In the last five seasons, what have we seen? We've seen these two teams go back and back. They're like Ali and Frazier, man. You know, if the Lakers are playing the Warriors, the Lakers are going to try to bring their A game every single time. Not the fact that let's take a look at it. You just beat the Lakers in the beginning of the season, and you just came off a three-game win streak. So, naturally the Lakers are going to be up for you. So for you, the head coach of the Warriors to say, oh, well, hmm, I we weren't prepared. Like, are you kidding me? Uh, the season's a grind. And I, I think Steve Kerr does a great job at setting expectations, setting expectations for the team, what he's looking for, what they actually have, what he sees. 
Um, I think he does a good job. Um, I think also as a head coach, it's, you, you know, you're politicking, you're, you know, you're trying to say all the right things at all the right times. And, and that could be difficult. You had to have known that yeah, the Lakers had circled yeah, this game absolutely. on the schedule after the Warriors came back and stole a game from them. So you, you had to have known. So, so I, I don't, I don't think that, that they were unprepared or that, you know, any of that, you know, I think what I, what I really think is that you're seeing the difference between the top team in the West, which is one of the, one of the teams being the Lakers and, and the difference between where the Warriors are at currently at this point in the season. And, and I think maybe a little bit of that is frustration. They, they warriors, maybe Steve Kerr, maybe some of the, the fan base thinks that the warriors should be a little more, a little further along than they are. Um, but realistically they're kind of right where they, they should be uh, as a team. And there's a lot of things that have to happen perfectly for them, you know, to pick up wins. Richard, before we get any further, we got to pay some bills. Let's do it. BetOnline.ag. Football's over, but we got NBA. We got college basketball. And the NFL are all in full swing. And the only place that we should be placing our bets is at BetOnline.ag. Now, if you would ask me, would I have put money on the Warriors winning last night? My answer probably would have been no, because I knew that the Lakers were coming in to prove a point. Mm -hmm. So... I probably would have put my money on the Lakers. And if I was going to put my money on the Lakers, I'm going to, I would have done it at betonline.ag. So head to the website or grab your mobile device to sign in, so sign in today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's at betonline.ag. Okay. So if you think, that you got your right picks and you think that you can win some money, that's the way to do it. I, on the other hand, wouldn't try that because I just don't know how to pick them. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, me and my family will be living underneath the bridge if I get both of And the NBA, this NBA season is tough because, you know, there, there's just a lot of parity. There's a lot going on mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA and the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, so where things are now, they will not be the same. Uh, come playoff time, I can assure you that. I don't disagree with you, but I look back at what you were saying about this team, and I think that the Warriors are about where they should be right now. It's just that you you have to realize that this loss pretty much sends a message to the Warriors, you know, front office, that there's still some chinks in the armor. Obviously, there's some things that they need to figure out. Um, I mean – Man, you know, basically the Lakers had the winning formula last night. I've, I've discussed it with you before. Anytime you have anywhere between five players and above and double figures, that's a winning formula, okay? Um, the Lakers, they had, what, one, two, three, four. Should have been six, the whole team. <laughs> yeah, six, six guys were in double figures when really, you think about it, at just, uh, eight guys were in double figures. Um, you had, you know, basically – uh, 10 was it 10 three-point shots that were made by Lakers you had 42 rebounds I mean anytime yeah. a team out rebounds you that much that's every time a possession for the Lakers 
they did get killed on the glass and that that is the warriors weak link and and steve kerr's steve kerr knows that he's mentioned he said it. it's a team effort everybody's got to get back everybody's got to get on the boards um you know and the and the lakers know that and they exposed it um you know like what can you say that was just the lakers came to play and and the warriors didn't uh they you know and you could say because you know there's not a crowd there's no fans you know whatever it is i mean it's tough to get up for those games night in and night out and and i think all-star break's coming at a great time for the warriors they got two games left before the all-star break um Unfortunately, Steph Curry's going to be playing in the All-Star game, so he's going to be, you know, he's not going to be resting as much as the rest of the team, but I think it's a good time for the break. I think I think you're seeing a team that's been grinding it out. Okay, but this is the thing. You look down at the G League and you look at the way some of the players in the Warriors G League team is playing, okay? Nico Mannion is lighting it up, okay? So is Jordan Poole. As a matter of fact, I believe both of them have been called up from the G League today. Okay. I didn't even see that. That must have yeah. just happened. Yeah, yeah, it did. They got called up from the G League today. Um, basically, what they're doing is they're putting heat underneath the behind of, of Brad Wanamaker. They're Which they should. He has yeah, not been playing well he has at not all. Been playing well. Um, not to mention uh, Damian Lee. Okay, they're also keeping an eye on him right now, okay, because his game, the last couple of games, ain't been that great. And you're not going to like this. Mr. Wiggins did not play well in this game at all. I'm sorry. His distribution was, was god-awful. I mean, I what did he have? He had, what, uh, three points? He, he did. Not a good night. No. Um, two rebounds. He did get two steals. But for 22 minutes, that's what he gave. I, listen, like I said, you know, I'm I I saw a team out there that that's that's tired, you know. That's yeah. and and you know what, uh, you know, you look at you look at the games that they've come off of, you know, that they had that emotional game, you know, against Charlotte where they wanted to prove a point that they should have won that first game, that that uh, Draymond being thrown out of that game cost them the game and that they could beat that team. And they came out and they did it and they beat that team. They came off their first three game winning streak of the season, which has something been something that's been big for all the team and the players. And they all talked about it. Um, this game. Yeah. This game was going to happen. Yeah. I, I, a tired team. I'll be interested to see. I think we'll see a, a strong, uh, performance in their next game on Wednesday night, having a couple days rest uh, and coming back. And I, I think they'll have a better performance uh, in that game. Yeah. You look at some of the other, and this is part of what I was also saying about Golden State too, is that, you know, when you don't have a Steph Curry that's playing well and he, you know, for the most part, you know, Curry did what he could. I mean, he didn't even have a good night. Um, you know, he got 16 points, two or seven from three, Four rebounds, he did steal the ball three times, but that's still not a good out outing for Steph. Um, we know this guy, Steph, is Stephen Curry, so we know what he can do. Um, Oubre had 14 points, no three-point shots. He did have five rebounds, though, and no steals. Pascal actually played decent. He had 18 points. He was one of three from three points, but he's not a three-point shooter. He had four rebounds, and he had a steal. 
But the fact that he tried three times on three points showed me that he is he is getting his courage to shoot the three. And that's something that you want to see from him because he wasn't doing that at all. Um, Kent Bazemo did contribute with nine points. Three or four from, from, from downtown, though. Not bad. Um, two rebounds and a steal. And really, at the day, you're right. Okay, this game was a game where the Lakers came, socked us in the mouth, and we, we went home winsome. That was it. <laughs> okay, there was no, there was no, okay, there was no, there was no quick remedy to get back out there. No, no, because we got back out there, they probably would have socked us in the other side of the jaw. <laughs> that would have been the end of it. So, and but, there's points, there's games like this, mm-hmm. and we're we're not used to seeing it as Warrior fans because, oh, no, no. Uh, you know, because we've been we've been blessed with with five uh, you know championship runs. So. So it is hard to digest, but but the you know the these do happen. Uh, the the concerning part, I guess, for me is is Steph Curry is really not hitting the three point shot right now. It's been the last two or three games. Uh, the really impressive thing, though, and it's why Steph is Steph is because he's doing everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, he's you know if he's not hitting the threes, he's doing everything else that he needs to do. So uh, there's still a lot a lot to look forward to. Uh, with this team I'll be interested to see again how things turn out in Portland uh, against Portland on Wednesday and then I think they have the Phoenix Suns uh, before the all-star break and then coming back from that all-star break that schedule is no joke Um, I think also though you're probably going to see those two games without Draymond Green he did lead the game with a with a with an ankle sprain and I don't really see the need to play him the last two games before the all-star break most likely Kerr will sit him out um you know and that's that, that's just that's just the business of of, of the of the season. When you have two games with All Star break and one of your star players gets injured, you don't play him the last two games because there's no need. Um, but but I will say this much, you know, it, it's one of those games where you just want to you want to move on, like you said, go move on to Wednesday night. Let's be done with this 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 smacks. Nobody wants to see it, like you said, but it does happen. All you can do is absorb it and move on. So speaking of moving on. You talked about earlier about J.J. Watt coming to Arizona, two-year deal, $31 million, $23 million guaranteed. Not to mention the shakeup in the NFC West now with him being there. And you also look at the fact that you got to ask yourself, okay, Houston has liquidated all assets, okay? You know, with the section of, of, of Deshaun Watson, we know that's coming. Because Deshaun's not going to play there. He's already told me, Coach, look, I'm not playing for Houston. So once once Deshaun's gone, the, the, the assets have been liquidated. But as far as J.J. Watt going to Arizona, that is the writing on the wall. Okay? Now, the shakeup in the NFC West is that Arizona is going to be a monster. Okay? Because J.J. Watt's there. Now, mind you, I don't expect a total surge okay with J.J. Watt being there because J.J. Watt is not the J.J. Watt seven seasons ago that he is today but he will bring his lunch pail and his cup of coffee to work and he will work because that's just J.J. Watt that's what he does and he's going to set a precedent to the other guys okay and the other younger guys are going to look and go okay yeah we need to get our game on here okay and that's going to make that team a lot more nastier to deal with. Now, we know Russell Wilson stormed out of a meeting with the head coach 
of Seattle because he didn't like what they were trying to do, and he's getting tired of being sacked. So now you got a problem because J.J. Watt's in Arizona. So now, and, and they're saying also that, well, you know, Russell Wilson's probably not going to leave Seattle. They're probably going to do something to make sure he's more comfortable. But if they can't, and if you're Russell Wilson, you know, he, he laid out the teams he's possibly going to get, you know, he wanted to go trade with. Do you think about that? Here's what I do think about as a 49er fan. Mm -hmm. I'm terrified because now you have a division and you have teams in your division that are making big, big time, high risk, high reward moves. The Rams did it. They got a quarterback. They got, they got Matthew Stafford. Uh, That changes the landscape of things in the, in the Niners division. And and Arizona was already a tough team. And now you're adding these pieces to it. These that you need to have a, a better team, you know, they're building upon their team. And it really, really worries me uh, as a Niner fan, because that's a tough division and whatever happens with Russell Wilson, whether he stays. So now he stays. So now you still got to worry about the Seahawks because as long as he's quarterback of the team, they're in contention. Um, so, you know, it, it, it concerns me as a 49er fan, uh, as far as, you know, you know, seeing JJ Watt play a little more now that he's in the division, that's going to be fun to see. But again, I don't want to see it because I'm a Niner fan. I want to see him do well. So it's, it's tough. Yeah, it sounds tough. Um, I also think the other thing it does is it puts John Lynch on the hot seat. Okay, because John Lynch is the one who writes the contracts, okay, which puts uh, the right, you know, players in position where the Niners can compete in this division. And people say, well, you know, John Lynch probably got one more season than the No, 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 no. Once J.J. Watt came to Arizona, he is in the, officially in the hot seat. Officially. You can't okay? – you can't not make the playoffs again. No, this year. No, uh, the, you know, you last year you're give, you're given a pass. The injuries and COVID and blah 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 blah. Right, right. There's none of that now. Because no. uh, yeah, we we've absorbed COVID now, so there's no excuse for that. Okay, they don't know words. We don't want to hear COVID. That's not going to help you now. No, and, and we want to we want you to put a team on the field that's going to be competitive. If you want us to buy your product. I want a competitive team. Yeah. So you need to make moves. You absolutely, something, you know, or with that pick or, I mean, and there's, that's the problem that scares me so much for the Niners is there's so much uncertainty. There's so many things to juggle um, that, that concerns me. It's not like they're like one or two pieces. It's not like Tampa Bay was, you know, they had you get three peak Tom Brady and then a couple other pieces and now they're a Super Bowl team. Um, you know, the Niners have a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree with you. We have to wait and see on that. So I got to talk about this because this happened to this guy. And, you know, when I think about this guy's career in the NFL, and I've been watching the NFL since I was a kid, as I got older, I started understanding the business of the NFL. I think this is a guy who, 
when it comes to loyalty, you know, he basically exhumes that. He, in other words, when you look at this guy as far as where he, where he played, what happened to him, and it was announced that, you know, Alex Smith was released from the Washington football team. You know, basically last season, he was the feel-good story of the year. You know, he the comeback player. Comeback player of the, and, of the and, year. And I'll tell you something, you look at the injury that he suffered, you know, I mean, come on, anytime they do a documentary, okay, about your injury, I think that pretty much says it right there, okay? And I broke my toe this last year, and I, you know, and I was the wimp, and I was like, I'm never going to be the same, I'm never going to be, I mean, this guy, it devastated, surgery, multiple surgeries, you 17. know. Uh, 17, I mean, it's, surgeries. This is kind of what bothers me, is, is, is we're losing that loyalty, Um and, and I understand it's business and as a business, you got to move on. You got to do what's right for business. And with COVID, you probably lost a ton of money and blah, blah, blah. But I think at some point you need to go like, this is a guy that, that we want to be associated with our franchise for the forever to be written about in the, the history books mm-hmm. of our franchise forever. And, and I know a lot of that is gone because of the business end. And so guys don't stay on teams long enough and that, you know, and, and whatever. Um, but you know, I think when you get a guy like Alex Smith and what he has done and what he has accomplished and what he's done on the field and off the field, um, you know, as an organization, like we, you need to recognize that and appreciate that more. Um, and there should be a little more loyalty, but you know, but I get it. It's a business too. Well, I think about this. Here's a guy, you know, went to San Francisco in his tenure in San Francisco. He went through five offensive coordinators. Okay. I don't care what NFL quarterback you have in the NFL. If you go through five NFL coordinators, the odds of you making a splash where you're at are pretty much zip, zip to none. Okay. He leaves there. He goes to Kansas city. You know, he stays loyal. Andy Reid plays him, you know, likes what he's doing. All of a sudden, they look and they say, well, you know what? He's not Patrick Mahomes. We need Mahomes. They bring him Mahomes. Then they, then they, they let him go. And he gets to Washington, or, or maybe the injury happened before Washington. I'm trying to, trying to remember. But in between the time he leaves Kansas City and Washington, he has the injury, Okay. He's still in Washington. He's going through all these surgeries. They do this documentary on the guy. It's just like, what does that help your priest? I mean, this is pretty devastating. And they're saying, hey, look, the odds of you coming back is just slim and none. It's probably not going to happen. You need to get that out of your head. And this guy just will not quit. He will not give up. He is a competitor. And he is the essence of what it is not to quit. And what does Washington do? Sorry, we gotta let you go. And then, and then you say, okay, well, it's the business side. Okay, man, this this is this is the cold-hearted business of the NFL, and it's a, well, and it's it's a reality, in my opinion, that was exposed a little more because the, the cold hard fact of the business of the NFL is not exposed to the public openly. It isn't. I mean, come on. People watch Monday Night Football and they think these guys run out with these shiny helmets and these blazing blazers and, and, and uh, jerseys and, and, and the girls are swinging pom-poms and they're thinking, man, that must be cool. But little do they know, 
as soon as those lights go off and that camera turns away and those referees pick up those flags and the fans leave, hey, there's a business side of what happens. And I think that Alex Smith is a result of that business side. There is. And I, and I think there's going to be a, a, a paradigm switch where, where, you know, there's going to be more um, transparency uh, with those things. But what do we really expect from a football team that can't even figure out what name they want to use? Right. So we go from the Washington Redskins to the Washington football team. I mean, you were given a glorious opportunity to just completely redeem yourself by rebranding your team and making millions and millions and millions and millions of more dollars with all this new merchandise and this rebranding. And your team comes up with the Washington football team. <laughs> And we're we're mad because they're not appreciating a guy that that is the epitome of why people watch sports and fall in love with sports, right? Right. Because it's the underdog. It's the the one that you don't expect. Um, listen, the the greatest that we that we have in the league have those stories. Tom Brady, seventh round draft pick, expected to be nothing, greatest quarterback to ever play one of the greatest quarterbacks ever play, you know, Aaron Rodgers. you know, yeah, he was highly touted coming out and, and his draft, but you remember he came into the league. I was watching a thing when coming into the league, like it was Brett Favre's team when he came in and when he came in, he didn't look very good. And now look where he's at. And, and we all cheer for those kind of stories. So, so it's, you know, it goes like, Hey, well, you know, what do you expect? It's the Washington football team. <laughs> there you go. And with that note, let's move on and talk some Giants baseball. The Giants hey. have agreed to six arbitration players, Alex Dickerson, Darren Ruff, Austin Slater, lefties Jarlene Garcia, Wendy Peralta, and right-hander, I can't believe this one, Trevor Gott. They signed oh Trevor Gott, I can't believe. They were, ready to let, they were ready to do a dumpster fire on this guy last season. And they re-signed him. And the Cactus League has begun. It has begun today. And it was a barn burner today out at uh, Arlington with a 1-1 tie. And then they called the game in the sixth inning. I I'm ready for Little League as much as anyone. <laughs> but you are the professional baseball league. You are the, you are, you are the, uh, you are the pinnacle of baseball and you're going to be playing as many innings in, in, in spring training as my nine-year-old will be playing when baseball starts up. It's a little weird for me okay. um, because they had the opportunity to play it out and they decide to call it in the sixth inning. Uh, it's just weird, especially with a tie. I know it means nothing. I know the score means nothing, but even at a tie is like, I just don't get it. I don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of the six innings, but I am so happy baseball's back. Okay, so, so. Six innings, Giants had six pitchers. So every pitcher gets an inning. Uh, it's just like Little League. That's all it is. Okay, Just but, bigger contracts. Okay, but I was, I was kind of dropping my head because you know what I'm going to tell you. 
Okay. Bring it. The, the Sharks drop another one to the Blues. It's a tight one too. It was. It was. It was close. You know, it was a game. It was a winnable game. They could have got it. A seven-six loss. And I'm just. I, it just seems no matter what this franchise does, they just they just can't get it done. It just seems like. It's the epitome of their season because actually they were winning that game. And I think into the second period, they had a four, three lead or something like that. My son was dying to watch. it. He begged me to watch. it. I let him watch it late night, stay up late. Didn't tell mom. I was great. Dad, we were watching the game. Every time I turned around, they, uh, the blues kept scoring and they came back in the third period. And it just, that's how the shark season has gone. They, they cannot hold the lead. Uh, going into the third period, the oh, third period think, is. Let me let me ask you this because they talked about this, this this kid. I forget uh, the goalie. They're thinking about replacing the goalie with this other kid. I can't think of his name right now. Um, they got Martin Jones and they got Dubnik. Uh, Dubnik was the one that they picked up, and he was in the game against the Blues. Uh, my my cousin sent me my cousin David sent me a text. Hey, Dubnik's playing the Dubnik, you know so. Uh, yeah, I don't. They're having a problem at goalie for sure. Okay, and I'm and I'm just guessing if they're gonna if they're gonna pick Dubnik up and let him you know go a whole game. Uh, they're, they're dropping the puck tonight against the Avalanche. Um, and, and, and to me, this is a game they need to win because they need to stay in contention in that division. Um, they drop another one, man. All of a sudden, they're not you know uh, for the most part uh, going to be as competitive in that division. And they they have so many different problems. There's, there's games. There's teams at the bottom of the division who contend with them, and they shouldn't be. Um, we got to move on because we're running out of time. Stanford crushes Cal, which – and I'm talking about the women's team, okay? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a Tara Vanderbilt fan, okay? I, I've been a fan of hers for, you know, I don't know long she's been coaching there. And you Cal's should be. Four. Cal's number four in the country, okay? And these these ladies, look, Tara is amazing, man. I I, I can't say anything bad about this woman. See, when it comes to coaching women, this woman is on. She knows how to put together a team. She knows how to put together the winner. And I mean, I, I expect them to make a big flash in the in the women's tournament this year. Here, here's a question with all your love for Tara, which is well-deserved. With all the women breaking into, into the NBA, into the coaching scene in the NBA, would you be interested to see a Tara Vandermeer in the NBA as a coach? Faster than I can blink, sir. That's Faster so. Than I can blink. How how cool is that that we're talking about that 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 would be a possibility? Like, yeah, that's very cool. And I tell you something, the one team who I think where she she could actually make a splash at, believe it or not, is the Wizards. Okay, I, okay. I can see because, it because this is a team. For whatever reason, it can't be competitive. You know, they're competitive for, they have one or two, two, two pieces and then they trade people. And it's like, dude, you know, if, if you get a, a Vanderveer in there, now all of a sudden you got somebody speaking on players because that's the other thing I don't like about the Wizards. Their coaches don't speak on their good players. They just let the upper manager go, oh, we don't need them and trade them. They're the, yeah, there they go. Yeah, it's a, it's another organization with a lot of problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. so we had a situation also the other night where um, James Harden goes to Houston and basically makes the Rockets look stupid, okay? Um, they didn't have KD, and apparently didn't because Harden was the guy. He just went in and just scored on on Houston, and basically just he basically what he did was Houston was 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 all stacked up, 
okay? And they had, you know, a bonfire, wood, and everything stacked up. And he put the gas on it and then lit the match and walked out the building. <laughs> it was God awful. I couldn't believe it. But it was, it was like, it was like, it basically is a message to the front office in Houston and really a message to the league, okay? That when you trade a star like that, that's what you get. <laughs> that's what you get. So, so that's the reason why that happened. But it was interesting. I, I wondered if, if Houston would try to have some type of answer for him, but obviously they did not. So how could you, that team's so stacked and then James Harden's going to go off just because he wants to prove a point. Uh, yeah, he's, it's, <laughs> that's that, that team's, I'm telling you when the trade happened, mm-hmm. uh, that team's stacked. They're going to, they are, I think they're coming out of the East. They, I know Embiid's playing well. I know you got Giannis over there in the yeah, East. Yeah, but those two teams don't do well in the playoffs. Okay. I just, yeah, I'm just saying the East, it's going to be Brooklyn uh, with that team. Harden and and any one of those three could go off on any night. It's just unfair. Yeah. 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 No question. Well, this has been fun, Matt, but as you probably know, we got to go. So um, you're watching Game Face, part of the Bleed Talent Network. I'm Richard the Razor Ewing, and no one's more wiser than my co-host, Matt wise thank you for watching you can come in and sit down and you can put your feet up and have yourself a drink if you want but if you do you better put your game face on thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.